cry. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> My name is Dr. Christy Morgan, and I am the Arizona Director for Candle Wishes in Phoenix, Arizona. My name is Jenny Williams. I'm the Founder and Executive Director of the Candle Wishes Foundation. I just really felt this burden come over me for these kids. Children mean a lot. Um, <clears throat> you never want a child to grow up feeling like they're not loved. God put this on my heart to want to give these children happy birthdays. This foundation just touched my heart, so I knew that this was something that I needed to do. Okay, y'all, I'm not gonna ugly cry. This is terrible. There was a time in our life where we struggled. Um, there was a time in our life where we lived paycheck to paycheck. One time when we first moved down to Phoenix, a friend of ours, even at Christmas time, paid for my son to have a picture. <laughs> paid to have a picture of our son sitting on Santa's lap and I couldn't afford it because we had just moved across the country. And so, <clears throat> that's always stuck with me. If you would love to sponsor a child, if you would like to throw a birthday party, if you would like to just volunteer, we need your help. Reach out to us so that we can connect and, um, and make our community a better place. Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I am your host. And, and listen, I, I, uh, I got to plug Dr. Christy Morgan's um, thing there with Candle Wishes. From, for, go follow her on Facebook at Candle Wishes of Arizona. Um, listen, I, I have a, a pretty cool dude on the show today. Um, this guy is known as Credit Carl. And he, he that's that's what he does, man. He helps people get their credit in order. So without any more from me, I want to bring Carl Scaramuza. Did I say that right? Scaramuza on the show. Oh, that's right on the money, Ken. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me, my man. I appreciate it, dude. I'm 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 very excited to have you on here. So, um, you know, I want to I want to, you know, kind of preface this with. I, I've been very, very fortunate and blessed in, in my life, and, and I was you know, talking to my wife about ways that we can give back, and we, we always try to give back in, in, in everything that we do, but that's when I came up with the idea to do this show, like I'm just doing the show every day, and she came up with the, the name Breakthrough Walls, because it's all about, you know, I think people get stuck in life. And, and, you know, especially in the business you're in, you see it where people get stuck, they, they get scared, they don't know what to do and they don't know which way to turn. And, and that's what this is about, man, is to help people get unstuck. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. And they, it's about momentum, right? I feel like so many people do nothing about their problems and then a year or five years go by, they get stuck and they never get momentum and it's it's a shame. It really is. It it is, dude. And so let's talk. Let's start out with um, how about telling telling everybody you know who you are and where you were born and raised. I'm out on the uh, I'm on the East Coast here, suburbs of Philadelphia. Um, I'm I'm a, a mortgage guy. 19 years old, I jumped in the mortgage business and um, I fell in love with it. So like 2008 to or 98 to 2008, I was a mortgage guy, order taker. All refis, made a lot of money. 
Uh, refi boom back then. It was fun. We had some fun. And then in 2008, everything hit the fan and I jumped out of the uh, mortgage business and I had a friend that was doing some credit repair. So I, I teamed up with him for a little bit and um, I'm like, let me try this out. Let me, let me see this credit repair thing. And it was horrible. I mean, I thought to myself, this is t like, I don't even know if we're helping people with the company I was working for. Like people will call up like pissed off, like, dude, I paid you and my scores went down a hundred points. So like, I, I like fear set in and I went running back to the mortgage business. So I ended up calling my boss back and I go, get me back into the mortgage business because this credit repair thing, I don't know about it. And um, it's funny because I've never done a drug in my life, ever done a drug in my life. And I ended up failing the drug test because I couldn't fill up the cup. And they suspected foul play and they had me come back the next day. Right. So human resources called me and they go, well, you failed the test because you didn't take it the day that we asked you to take it. So oh my I, God. Uh, like a guy that's never done a drug fails the drug test. I can't get back into the only business I've ever known my whole life. So it forced my hands to learn the credit repair space. So that's what I did. I, I, I went back and I said, I'm going to learn this. And I ended up bringing my wife um, from the, she was in the mortgage business with me. She was like a mortgage processor. Yeah. And I had her come over and I said, let's figure this piece out. And that's what we did. When she got over there, we started helping people out. I go, okay, I, this wait a second. I, I think we figured out how we actually help people and raise their credit scores up. That's the name of the game. How do you raise people's credit scores up? Um, so, so, but let's let's back up a little bit. Let's 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 talk about um, and and you know I want to talk a little bit about the your upbringing, like you know, because I, I think that you know most of us have a person or maybe people um, or events that occur as children that kind of set the tone for what or who we become as an adult. And when yeah. I, when I say that, what, what popped in, I'm, something popped in your head, man. <laughs> uh, my, my dad, I mean, my parents got divorced at a very young age, ten, you know, 10 years old. My mom said, look, choose a side. Either you're coming with your dad or you're coming with your mom. You know, you pick, with my two brothers and I was the oldest brother and I picked my dad. I was a boy and my two brothers followed what I was doing. They were younger, younger guys and they followed me and that just like splintered my relationship with my mom and my dad raised me and my dad was a badass dude. He's a guy from West Philly, five foot five Italian guy, punch you, spit on you, kick you, run you over with a car. So <laughs> I, I grew up with, yeah, I grew up with that kind of testosterone. Um, oh with a guy just like, you know, fearless would fight a six foot eight guy in two seconds, jump on his back and choke him. Um, so, but my dad taught me something that was really interesting that I feel like helped me through my journey, which was, you know, we never put, uh, he never put like professional athletes or people with a lot of money up on a pedestal. So it allowed me to engage in conversations or be around people that were operating at a higher level yeah. and not look at them, look at them like a fan or like, uh, you know, um, so I, I wanted to know what they did. How'd you, like, if I go to like a PGA tour event or I went to a, a basketball game, like I just didn't put those people up on pedestals. I just, I wanted to know what they know because they outworked me. So my dad 
he taught me that at like a young age. He would ne- he he used to say he used to go Charles Barkley and some of these guys because if they if they if they weren't that tall and they were five foot five they'd be driving a garbage truck. I'm like okay. And when he said it, I'm like oh that's cringeworthy though. But you know, <laughs> yeah. It helped me to not put like people up on a pedestal and more want to learn what, how did you accomplish what you accomplished? I'm like, I need to learn that and figure it out and go do it. You know? Wow. And, uh, Kendra Shope on your show and I had her on my podcast too. And we just, we had the same conversation. She goes, I'm the same way. Yeah. I never put like professional athletes up on pedestals. I want to know what they did to accomplish that. Not like there's some, you know, yeah, you know, so. Yeah, Ken Kendrick's amazing. She is absolute. I I I talked to her a couple of times yesterday. So, but you know, like, so you 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 grew up with a, uh, a, a Italian father that that uh, had a complex. I'm just kidding. Like he like he just didn't care. It sounds like Napole- Napoleon complex. Matter of fact, <laughs> he's 69 years old. And we just had some, uh, we do, uh, I have a videographer out once or twice a week. And, you know, the media company I'm working with said, let's do some videos playing basketball with your dad. To this day, Ken, he still plays full court basketball. He'll cut you, slice you, he'll do whatever he can. So we got some really good video. (laughs) And I'm going to tell you right now, Ken, this guy at 69, right, he doesn't stop shooting the basketball. I think... The legacy is going to leave behind is he probably took more shots at a hoop than anyone on this planet. Like, matter of fact, when the game was over, we're playing roughhouse with some people at my company, yeah. uh, like my team. And when the game was over, he went and got the ball and he started shooting. Wow. Like we have a video of him shooting in between the games. So he actually like outworked everyone at 69. It was crazy. That's insane, man. That's yeah. awesome, though. That's awesome. A lot of fights too. Like I mean, on the basketball court at ten, eleven, and twelve years old, wow, I seen this wow. guy get into more more fights. That I was like, man, he's just fearless, man, fearless. That, it, it, okay, so let's talk about that though, man. Because like, how many people have you met in your life? I know I've met a lot of people that are like just they're they're they get paralyzed by fear. And it doesn't make them, I don't think that makes somebody a sissy or any of that. It's they don't know what to do. And so they let fear overwhelm them, overtake them, and, and they stay there, right? So you had, like, you, I, 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 didn't, I didn't have that growing up, right? I didn't have that, that, that kind of guy. So, I, I, like, you had this, this model that you're like, okay, if I would just, you know, not fear stuff, right? I mean, is that kind of what, what happened for you through school and stuff? I mean, what, tell me a little bit about you, how, you know, we, so now I know all about your dad, but what about you? How did that impact you going through school and stuff? Did you have that fearless attitude? No, definitely not. I got punked a lot in high school. If I could go back in time, there's a couple dudes I'd slap around, uh, especially <laughs> on the basketball court. Um, but you know, it's funny because my dad had a very quick trigger. Like if there was anything that was going to happen, um, like in a confrontation, he he just was so fast with a comeback or in your face to where you didn't have a chance to react. So I learned that from him, Ken. But I'm not real. I'm not very good at it. Like my mine is I like to run towards fear, but I'm not real good with like a quick come. If someone says something to me, I'm the type of guy that I have to absorb it. 
And then about three minutes later, I go, excuse me, uh, what did you just say? So I don't know where he got that, like, immediately to jump on people. But for me, I started to learn later on that um, I needed to kind of – I wasn't afraid of anyone. I'm not afraid of anyone. I'm not afraid of anything. Speaking on a stage or getting on Facebook Live or getting in front of people that are worth $100 million, it's the initial minute or two where I go, okay, just let your nerves calm down. And eventually I get to that where I go, I'm, I'm actually mad that fear set in. I'm yeah. pissed yeah. off that there was any fear at all. So then I start to run towards it. Right. Um, and there's really, my dad taught me this when I was younger. There's, there's two learned fears, right? And that's the fear of falling and the fear of, I'm sorry, two things that when you, when you were born, right? Yeah. Fear of falling and the fear of loud sound. Everything else is a learned fear. You learned it somewhere along the lines, yep. you know, run, run towards fear. I hear Will Smith talk a lot about that camera. He goes, I'm, I'm mad. Like I'm, I'm upset when fear sets in, you know? So yeah. I, 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 I saw recently that he's, he's doing some big charity thing where he's going to bungee jump out of a helicopter over the grand Canyon. And it's like a long bungee jump. I'm like, Holy mother of, uh, I, there is no way. I, I will. I just like you call me a sissy, call me whatever you want, but I am not bungee jumping. Period. Let alone out of a damn helicopter over the Grand Canyon. Never will that happen. Yeah, I'm not willing to put my my life on the line. Uh, I got a good friend of mine who keeps uh, sky jump uh, jumping out of airplanes right now. I'm like, dude, I don't get it uh, at all. I mean, I think that I'd be okay if I got up there, but I just don't see risking it. It doesn't make sense. To me, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm perfectly happy right here on the ground. So, 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 you know, so growing up, you got, you got punked in, in high school, you said, and, and dude, I can relate to that. I went through some of the same stuff and that makes you grow up with a, a chip, <laughs> like, right. You come into adulthood with this chip and, and then people start hating you. But so, so. When you got out of, I'm assuming you you got out of high school. Did you go to college? I did. I got a little basketball scholarship. My first of all, my grades in high school. I have no clue. So when my parents got divorced, there was no discipline. Like my dad let me do whatever I want with zero discipline action at all. I ran the streets like a nut. So I got horrible grades. I had uh, I, I just barely got through high school. Never applied myself though. But um. I ended up getting a basketball scholarship to a little junior college with a bunch of guys that should have been playing Division One basketball that you could literally throw the ball up at half court and they were tomahawking it and dunking and they just weren't smart guys so they couldn't get into Division One. And I ended up with these guys one year in that school. I blew my knee out and that's how I started my journey in the in the mortgage business. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So you you uh, you you didn't you didn't finish college. I never I never finished college, and now I have a twelve year old and a fifteen year old, and those are uh, topics that we seem to be discussing all the time now. Does it yeah. make sense for me to go to college? Does it not make sense? What should I do? So yeah. I have my opinion on that. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of opinions out there. I, I have one, but I'll 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 hold it. I have a, <laughs> I have an eight year old and a, and a twelve year old, so I, I get it. But um, so so 
you started in the mortgage business. Now, now listen, I, I, I know a lot of unbelievable salespeople and sales trainers and, 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 you know, I'm, I'm 50 years old. So I, I, I started back in the day listening to audio cassette tapes of Zig Ziglar and, and Tom Hopkins and, and Brian Tracy and all these unbelievable, you know, sales trainers. Then about five years ago, I came across some dude named Grant Cardone, had never heard of him in my life and, and, you know, started studying his stuff. And it's like, holy crap, man. And, you know, I was 45 years old. I was like, and I was a national sales trainer in the home security industry. So when I, when I, like, I, I thought I already knew everything. <laughs> and then I hear his stuff and I'm like, holy crap, this is a totally different, different look. So, so, you know, I, I want to back up though, to here you are at 19 years old you're in the mortgage business, and and let's face it, the mortgage business is is it's a it, you, you, it's a sales job. I, you can you can give it all the fancy titles you want, but at the end of the day, it's a sales job, right? So so how did you do out of the gates? Here you are, this this kid from 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 Philly, and 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 you got like no sales experience really, right? None. Zero. No clue how to sell. Actually, I didn't know what a mortgage was. I couldn't spell the word mortgage. And I remember the guy. I re, I, I'm just going to keep it real, Ken. I remember the guy that got me in that. He said, um, dude, we're training people, young guys, for like two or three weeks. We'll teach you everything you need to know about first, second mortgages, subordinations, all that stuff. And then we'll put you on the phones and see how you do. And um, that's exactly what I did. I got in the class and I was like, all right, like I was kind of going over the material, but I really didn't know what I was doing. And my education was getting on the phones with 20 guys standing behind me and me answering the phone going, well, how can I help you? You know, and and then there was some players in there, man. When I was in that in the mortgage business back in the day, there was some guys, this guy, I still you know what? To this day, we implement this with with my company and this Jeff guy who is this foreigner, like you could barely understand what he was saying. I'm on the phone a couple of weeks and I'm not doing really good. So they go, go sit with Jeff. He's doing two, $3 million a month. He's going to make, you know, $300,000 this year. I go, oh, great. I got to meet this guy, right? So yeah. I go, he sits me down at his desk. We're there for one phone call, which lasts eight minutes, and he sells the deal. I go, he goes, that's how you do it, baby. You just, you tell him, you're the expert. You, you be in charge. And then he goes, the other thing that I do is I, when people are in my pipeline for a refinance, even if I have nothing to tell them, I still call them every week and go, hey, it's Jeff. Just checking in and letting you know we're working on things. And that's how he closed twice the amount of people. So we do. We took the same philosophy here where I'm like, all right, credit only updates every 30 days. Yeah. For me to call you in two weeks, there's really nothing to talk about. But it would be nice if we said – Hey, just to let you know, we're working on your file. That keeps the pipeline. So I learned a lot about sales with that is staying in front of people that you are working with. Otherwise, they can be easily influenced by someone else and leave you and go to the next person. Dude, you know? it, the, it's what Grant says. Time kills all deals. It's what all uh, like follow up, follow up, follow up, follow up, follow up, man. I, I, I've had. I mean, I've had so many, and you have too, we all have, like you've had so many negative experiences with salespeople 
that you know they're just there for the wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, and 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 that's it. And you never hear from. I couldn't tell you the last car sales guy's name that I bought a car from. Like I, as a matter of fact, I can't <laughs> think of any car sales guy's name that I've ever bought a car from in fifty years on this planet. So like, there is so much room for improvement, right? There's so much room. A hundred percent. Well, you know, Grant kind of made it cool, right? Nobody wanted to be called a salesman. And then when I started listening to him, I was like, actually, like the aggressiveness in which he sells, I, I, you, everyone can take something from that. Because the bottom line is, if I believe, if I'm all, that's an easy way to tell someone's full of it, right? I really believe that I am the great, I got the greatest mind on the planet when it comes to increasing people's credit scores. So there's yeah. no one that will back me down off of that. So why would I not try to jam that down everyone's throat that I can help you increase your credit scores? I know I can. Like I'm actually doing a disservice by not helping you, right, increase your scores. I mean, there's a disservice there. So he made it cool for for people to say, it's okay, like, I'm no, I am trying to sell you because I am so convinced that my product will change your life. I, I you know, man, I, um, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I, like, I, I, yesterday, two different deals for me that I, I, if I told you how many times I followed up with these deals over the last couple of years, and I mean over and over and over and over and over and over, I don't even know how many times. I honestly don't because there was a time when I didn't use a CRM. So, like, that is so, that's such a valid and important point that you're, we're talking about right now that anybody, like, it's like if, if you're asking a chick out on a date, your wife, right? You didn't close that deal on the first ask most of the time, you know, it was like, and, and, and everybody's like, oh, she's playing hard to get. Yes. Customers do the same thing, right? Yeah. And they and want you to pursue them. People fear rejection. There's a rejection that you get the person on the phone and they say no. But most of the time, you get the real objection. You get why they're not buying for you or why they're not picking up the phone, which gets you to the next step. So the more that, you know, so many, there's some big names out there that I won't mention that I just followed up on. And I remember my feelings were hurt. Like, how can I message and DM? And they're not responding to me. And when I finally got them on the phone, I heard the answer. Hey, man, just been really busy. Been seeing your stuff. How can I help? I'm like, man, like, like, so it's like, That's you know, it. people fear rejection. They fear that someone's going to say I'm not interested. And, and that's okay. People fear that, Ken, in the credit world. I talked to a guy this morning who's trying to build this real estate empire. And he's like so afraid that the bank that I introduced him to is going to say no. Right. Listen, right. my name is Credit Carl. I get turned down weekly from someone that says, I can't help you out. And I got an 800 score. The income's there. So it happens. Not every bank is going to say yes, but I don't let that, the fear of a bank saying no, prevent me from, you know, continuing to apply for what I know will help me grow my business. You know? Yeah, and, you know, like I, like I said, man, this is, this is probably the most important conversation I've ever had on an interview. And that is, you know, everything that you're talking about, it all boils down to not 
giving up. When people say, don't give up, you know, and all the cliches, we see the memes on social media. and But it, it, it's literally not just about not giving up. You know, it's about, like, continue pushing. You got to, and I'm not saying come off like a, a pushy sales guy. I'm saying just follow, just, hey, just touching base, want to say hi. I'm still, I'm still in business, <laughs> right? No, like the answer's no unless you ask. Right. Like no one said no to you yet. And even no, some of the best salesmen I know, Ken, they hear no, but they really don't. They push through the no. So you got one person who is afraid to even get the no because they fear the rejection. And then you got the other person that hears no five times and pushes through and gets the sale on the sixth time. That's so, it, man. That's it. So, so you know, along the way you were in the, so you're in the, in the, the, the mortgage industry. Sounds like you did well. And, and, and we all know what happened in 08, 09. I mean, it, the bubble burst, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, man, there were some shady people in the mortgage business, dude. dude. A lot of them went to jail. Option arms and all types of shady products that people were pushing back then. Dicey yeah. stuff, man. Yeah, but so so you 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 got out of that. You here you are in the credit business now. Um, back then you started in the in the business and and so did did you, you said you you came out of it and you were like this this just isn't working like what you were doing. Uh, the mortgage business or the credit repair? Credit. Was it credit? Well, yeah, credit. Yeah. And then I jumped into credit. And like I said, it was like I, I got there and people were like mad. Like the company that I partnered up with, there were some yeah. people's scores yeah. they would raise. The other people's scores would go down 100 points. And they would show up in the office with papers pissed off. Like, you dropped my scores 100 points. And we, like, I was like, this, dude, we're not helping people. This is really, really not good. Um, oh. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't until um, my wife came over and then she she kind of figured things out. She goes, I know how to never, ever have a person's score drop. And then we got really good at increasing scores, which to where I was there for about a year or two. And she goes, you know, you could do this on your own. You could start your own business. I said, well, hold on a second. <laughs> yeah. Slunked out of high school, okay? Um, I went one year to college, blew my knee out, and the courses were remedial. I mean, just not, not, I learned nothing in college. Right. I'm an order taker, really, in the mortgage business because we were doing all refis, and I just sat there all day, order take. I didn't generate my own leads. I was like, why would you, what would possess you on this planet to think that I could start my own business? And she goes, because I believe in you, and I know you can. She goes, so just rip the Band-Aid off. At the time, Ken... We had some really powerful partners come into this credit repair business. Yeah. We dumped a lot of money into the business. And when they dumped money in at my age, I go, I got the gold. I got Willy Wonka's golden ticket right now. Like, I'm going to be rich. Uh, these guys are going to blow this up. We're going to sell it. I'm going to get a piece of it. So before that ever had a chance to happen, I ripped the Band-Aid off and I started my own company. Um, and when I started my own company on my wife who – you know, she's, she's the best. If it wasn't for her, there's, I'm not in the position that I'm in right now. Wow, dude. Company, here's the crazy story, right? Besides all the drug tests I failed. And, <laughs> yeah. I actually had, uh, this is eight years ago, I had to let my mortgage payment go in order to found my company, start my, my company credit blueprint. So I was a month behind 
And at the time, I kept saying, I'm going to get caught up because this business is going to take off. Well, six, seven months later, it didn't happen. So I actually ended up losing a house. I lost everything I had financially to start this company, and I wouldn't change one damn thing. I wouldn't change anything, you know? It, so I, I totally can relate to it, dude. Totally. Like, yeah. So I, I get that, man. And, and, and some people don't. Some people... Some people don't get it. Some people are 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 out here. Um, they're playing it safe. They're 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 and I I don't I'm not judging them. There's you know there's there's um, some comfort in playing it safe, right? I yep. mean it's not comfortable going all in. It's just not. No, no, a hundred percent. And I I never got comfortable for for a long time though. But you 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 know, listen. That is, that's a recipe for success is out of your comfort zone. Yeah. I, I promise you that that is a recipe for success. So many people settle and they're, they just, they're just so comfortable with their life. They live in these cul-de-sacs and they want to know what their neighbors are doing and they, they're always comparing themselves down or at that level and they never ever want to get out of their comfort zone. So me being out of my comfort zone, and risking everything I had uh, was an amazing learning experience. That that you know, it's, I, I wouldn't change anything, Ken. So so let me let me ask you this: If like you know, people come to you all the time. I'm sure every day. Um, and I know you know you have a team of people now that that work for you, and 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 you know you're probably not involved with every client. Um, but the ones that reach out to you that you are involved with, like, what's the biggest? And, and I have a feeling I know how you're going to answer this, but I'm not going to answer it for you. What's the biggest thing that you see is the common denominator that's keeping people stuck in life from success? Because I know you're killing it now. Like you're you're uh, I don't know if you're a millionaire or not, but you, I know you're doing well. We got a seven-figure business here. We're doing well. We got to get it to the eight figures by the end of this year. Nice. Uh, that would be nice. So uh, the biggest thing is is uh, a fear, afraid to bet on themselves. Um, that, that's one thing I started to learn a couple of years into the business is, you know, besides helping people fix their credit, I get a lot of entrepreneurs or want to, you know, want to start a business or want to leave corporate America. Um, but they're afraid to risk a 401k or lose a job that they might not be able to get back. So it's like I just became fearless with betting on myself. Some people bet on the stock market. Um, some people bet on, you know, uh, real estate. Some people bet on other people's companies. I bet I am fearless when it comes to spending money on myself and my mission. Um, and that took a while to get there, though. But that's the common denominator is people are like, well, there's so much like they're worried about their job that they've had for 15 years or they're worried about money they have in the bank or 401k or, you know, and everyone's got a different excuse. Oh, I have three kids and it's just too risky right now. Well, everyone, you know, uh, assesses risk differently. Um, yeah. You know, so. That's the biggest thing that's holding people back is is not being able to bet on themselves fearlessly. They're not confident in themselves, right? You know? And I, I think that you know, for to expand on that a little bit, um, it, it's it's crazy that that to me, I know that if if I bet on myself 
and I, I screw up, well, my confidence is probably going to go down for a little bit. But, like, you can't stop betting on yourself because the only way to get that confidence is to take action, bet on yourself again, and have some wins. You know, we'll go back to our, our a person that we both uh, admire, Grant Cardone, which is, you know, you hear him say his bank account gets high and then he empties it out and he, and he starts making investments. Um, that is the key, too, is the beginning part is being fearless and making a bet on yourself, taking some, some risk, but yep. then continuing to do that. Like right now, I'm okay with emptying out everything I have, e- exhausting every line of credit and continuing to bet on my company and myself and my brand. You know, you got to keep doing that. Otherwise, you get like I know I know a lot of people can that have 15 or 20 million dollars and they've had that 15 million dollars for 10 years. They, they got to it and they got comfortable and they're not really living the life that they want to live. A lot of people will go, dude, that sounds ludicrous. 15 million. But listen, if I have 15 million dollars right now, I could not live the lifestyle by design that I want to live. It, it, would, I, it wouldn't be good enough for me, you know? Well, and that's it, right? So I know I know people that have 15 or $20 million that are afraid of losing it, right? So again, you're living in a place of fear, and I get that. I get it. Like, if I had $15, $20 million, I, I'd be like, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm in good shape. But, you know, until I look at somebody like Grant Cardone and, and who just bought a, a, a 40-some-odd million-dollar jet, Right. And, and it's like, well, OK, if I have 15 million dollars, I sure can't go buy a 50 million dollar jet. So, you know, how do I get there is what I'm asking myself. How do I get to that level? How do I get a jet that will fly 14 hours nonstop? <laughs> right. And yeah. afford the gas and the, or the fuel and the pilots and the upkeep and all that. Uh huh. Yeah, you solve bigger problems, right? I mean, a business is solving problems. So right. there's smaller businesses solve little problems. I heard uh, Cole Hatter was on somebody's podcast. He was talking about Naveen Jane, and he said they were both on this yacht. And he said they both took calls at the same time. Naveen Jane is a billionaire. Cole Hatter says he's in the seven or eight digits. I'm not sure, millionaire. Yeah. And he said Naveen was just solving bigger problems. He says, he's, I'm working on my Thrive event, trying to get people some passcode so they can get a discount. And he goes, that's fine. I'm going to make a lot of money on Thrive. He right. goes, but this guy was just solving bigger problems. So right. you get, you know, the two things you do is you start to get around people that are operating at a level 100 times ahead of you. And then you go, that that can be reality, okay? Yep. And then you start to solve bigger problems. You put people b- below you that can solve some of these smaller problems that get you out of your rhythm, you know? I, I I totally agree with that. So hey, like, and I'm I'm trying to keep this short for you. I know you have a, a another uh, thing to do here in a little bit, but um, like, you know, what are what are some like when it comes to what you do now? When you're when, you know you're doing credit repair, um, I'm sure you've helped thousands of people um, by by this time repair their credit. So what what are some of the things that people need to be um, you know what? I've had bad credit. I've had great credit. I've had perfect credit, and 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 everything in between. I told a story yesterday. I had I had a car repossessed in front of all my employees. <laughs> like like this dude comes in that worked for me. He's like, dude, there's some some guy with a tow truck looking in the the windows of your SUV out in the parking lot. I'm like, well, tell him get the hell out of there. He's like, no, I think he's taking it, man. <laughs> right, right. You know, but 
So what what are some of the things? And I remember that's such a debilitating feeling, man. It's like, oh my god, life sucks, and it's like all my employees just saw me get a, a, a like, right? Like, how do I how do I like recover from this? Before you add, ask your question, let me add to that. So I had a I had a car too. It was a CLK five hundred. So when everything went when I started this business eight years ago, I couldn't make that payment with the mortgage payment, yeah. and I remember. Always being in fear, like, are they going to take my car at the office? Are they going to take my car at my house? So I just ended up doing a voluntary repossession. So when I did the voluntary repossession, I remember walking into this Mercedes dealership and I got the keys and I'm like, somebody just take these keys and take the car because this is completely embarrassing. Like, just get, let me be done with it and walk away. And like an hour goes by and I ended up giving the key to the manager and that was it. But I ended up, I had full redemption there. I go into the same dealership in January and all they cared about was my score right now a1 credit and ended up walking out of there with an S class and they had no clue that I had a voluntary repo eight years ago I came you know all the way around it was it was it was a great great feeling I right? did a cool video yep. yep been there man been there I, I know exactly in fact I've been there with a Mercedes dealership so I get it man and and so that's what people need to understand is is you know there's always hope it doesn't matter where you are doesn't matter what you've done wrong we've all made mistakes what matters is what are you doing to change it today so what are some suggestions you would give or tips that you would give to people right off the right off the bat like how how can people immediately start improving their credit score well you got to have 3 to 4 credit cards so r- rule number 1 you got to have 3 to 4 credit cards because 30% of your score is based on how you manage your credit card balances in relation to what your credit limit so first thing, three to four credit cards. If you ha- already have three to four credit cards, then try to get number five, six, seven, and eight. If I walked over to my desk right now and showed you my wallet, Ken, it's like this, and there's you, you can't even count the amount of credit cards. So the more available credit cards and available credit limits you have, the higher your credit scores are going to go, okay? Wow. Yeah, okay. that's the first thing. Second thing is, you know, you gotta, you gotta clean up things from the past. So many people make mistakes by waiting. Oh, I went through a bankruptcy or I went through a foreclosure or a repo or I had a collection with Capital One and they go, I'm just gonna wait seven years. Or you have the person that believes that they should pay someone that they fell behind. So that is the biggest mistake that I see consumers make. Wait, wait, is- wait, 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 wait. Hold on. So you just said they fell behind, they 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 got written off, whatever, and it's a mistake to go pay those. 100%, yeah. So the, my book proposal right now that I'm super excited about, Default Your Way to Great Credit to Create Wealth, um, I talk about that. So if you pay, let's say you have like a Capital One from two years ago. And it turned Capital One sold the debt to a collection agency. And now you're looking at your credit report present day and it says LVN funding is your collector and you owe Capital One through them twenty five hundred dollars. That is the worst thing you could do is pay that because what you do in essence, if you pay them, you put a big fat stamp on it and you validate that debt to the credit bureaus and you go, you're right. I didn't pay Capital One for two years. So I've seen people 
take their entire tax refund, spend $6,000, pay off a bunch of creditors from years ago, and the scores went down 50 points. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? No, serious. So, you know, remember, and we'll go back to why, but it's 2018. Credit scores are king, meaning most lenders are willing to overlook some of the bad things that happened to you in the past if the scores are high enough. So every decision you make with your credit has to be around, will this increase my credit scores? Because that's what these lenders are looking at, are your credit scores first. And then they can manually underwrite something and say, well, I don't love that collection on there, but I certainly love your 702, so I'm willing to lend you some money. Dude, I love, I love you so. Uh, the way that you say it is is awesome. So, so, and and somebody on Facebook just asked, "How do we get his book?" You said it's just a, in in the beginning stages right now, right? In the beginning stages, very very exciting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, but I, I'm 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 sure Carl would love it if you reached out to him. So, how do people follow you? Let me get that out of the way right now. How does everybody follow you? Very active on Instagram, credit.carl. I do a live show, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time on Instagram where it's the daily five. I'll answer five questions or, you know, however long it takes. I had some, I had a really slick investor on this morning who had a 780 score and he transitioned everything from personal credit over to his business credit. He had all these lines of credit and all these business cards and he was like, He's, that's where you want to be. If you're in the real estate business, you don't want to be leveraging your personal credit. You want to use your business credit. How do you transition? So it was a really cool uh, conversation. So credit that far. So, so, and you're on Facebook too. So, yeah. so, okay. So let me ask you this. If like, so you're almost like a, like you help people fix their credit but you also, it sounds like you do some counseling, like you help people through navigate because like Carl, the, I, I'm 50 years old and I promise you, I, I've not spent five minutes studying the credit industry and how it works. And you've spent all these years. So, you know, the ins and outs. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. 20 years I've been doing it. I've I think the number now is like 55,000 credit reports that I, I've personally looked at. So, and everyone's situation is different, you know, unique, Ken. Like one, like one thing that's like good for you is might not be good for someone else. A lot of people like take advice from non-experts or someone who just got into the credit report or their aunt, hey, my aunt Nancy did this and that worked. Like if you prepay, I'll give you a quick example. Like a lot of people don't want to have debt. They fear I, I want to be debt free, right? I'm the opposite of that. I'm okay being maxed out to the to the hilt, right? To continue to bet on myself. But the people that want to be debt free, they'll prepay a vehicle. So if you prepay an auto lease and the only other accounts you have, you have no mortgage. Now you prepay the auto lease and you have one credit card, your scores are going to go down 50, 60 points. Okay. But Good if you. Lord. Yeah, but if you're if you're Aunt Nancy, right? Uh, and Aunt Nancy prepaid a vehicle lease, and she's got seven other credit cards that are ten years old and two mortgages. Her scores are fine. So you you know every move you make is like a chess match. A credit game's is it's a game you want to learn how to play. Dude, that's incredible. Like you need to have in your book. Hopefully, you're going to have like some diagrams <laughs> and stuff. Like like I seriously, you're painting such a good picture. I think if you diagram some of the stuff you're talking about, it'd be a great book. So so 
Wow, man. Okay, uh, so if if everybody watching this wanted to get a hold of you and hire you to help them with their credit, raise their scores, how would they do that? Yeah, the website's creditblueprint.net. Okay. So if they want to do our coaching, our accountability coaching, it's a small monthly fee. Or I got my course online. My course online is you know com, or you can do it yourself. If you don't want us to coach you, Here's everything you need to know about how to fix credit, uh, how to get into this exclusive 800 club, uh, and then how to get the best personal and business credit cards and travel around and get cash back, free room upgrades. So Credit Cockney Online is a good, good, good wow. site. Dude, that's awesome. So how many people, what percentage of the population in the U.S. Um, has a, an 800 plus credit score? I wish I had the answer to that. You don't know. Good, I'll tell you what. Here's what I do know. Two things. One, I'm very aggressive. If you pulled my credit scores up right now, you'd probably see a 720. Okay? So, like, I've had people before on my Instagram, which is funny. They're like, well, I got a better score than you. I'm like, you might have a better score because I'm aggressive with my credit. I'm okay for my scores to go from 805 down to 705 because I know what to do to get them up there. So I'm fearless with the inquiries and asking for credit lines. And then I know, okay, my scores just dropped to 705, 710. I'm going to take a break for a month or two and then I'm going to get them back up. Okay. Yeah. So fearless when it comes to that. But my ex-business partner um, graduated number one at Harvard. He's a really, really smart guy. He had the highest credit score I've ever seen was an 842. So 842 is the highest score I've ever seen, and I don't see a lot of 800s, Ken. I really don't. It's extremely rare territory. You've got to have a credit card that is this the secret. In order to have an 800, you've got to have credit cards on average that are 8 to 10 years old. That's why you'll never see a 20-year-old with a true 800 FICO score unless they piggybacked off their parents' credit. Wow. And and there's there's probably ways that you can do that. And, and, but but you know we'll, we'll I'll I'll leave that up. And it's creditblueprint.com is your main site, right? Creditblueprint.net. Yeah. All dot net dot net. I have it up here as dot com. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let me put that up here. I've I've got it up on the screen because somebody asked what's your main website. I want to make sure it's up here. So, so if somebody came to you right now, and I always ask this question, I know you got to go here in a minute, but, um, and they said, man, I, I'm stuck. I, 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 my, my electric's getting shut off tomorrow. I had a car repoed last week. I, 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 my, my business is circling the toilet and, and I just don't know what the heck to do. Help. How do uh, how are you going to help that person, man? And I, I don't mean by handing them cash. I mean, how are you going to help them get through this? Mm -hmm. Well, that's a really tough one. So, like, when people talk to me about, like, budget, um, somebody just asked me that question. They said, if my expenses outweigh uh, what my income is and I have ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 and I'm not really doing good at my job, I'm like, listen – you know, I'm the wrong guy to talk about budget because I never, ever look at my expenses. I always look at my income. How do I make more money? So I, the advice I would give that person is like get out of that, that the negative mindset and find a way to skill up. Start reading books of people that skilled up and find a way to make more money. Get into sales. Don't not be a salesman. So that person that's going through something like that, like listen, our, you, our friend, our mutual friend, I think Matt Monero has got a book, You Need More Money. That book makes sense because if you have a, a budget problem where you have more going out than coming in, 
you need to skill up. You need to make more money. I can't, I can't help that person other than some motivation. If they're on Instagram, I'd love to talk to that person and motivate them and tell them what they can do and what books they can read to, to level up, skill up. Dude, that's awesome. My wife's on here. She said, nice website, Carl. And I don't say that often. We build websites, right? So she doesn't say that often. Nice. She said, yeah. nice website. So, so nice. dude, listen, I know you got to bounce. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on. That went by fast, didn't it? 50, 50 minutes went by quick, man. Dude, that's insane. Like, so, so listen, thank you. I really appreciate you coming on. I think maybe in a couple of months, maybe we have you come back on for some updates. I'd like to, like to, you know, if, if you have this book coming out, I'd like to help you. You know, I had a book come out last October. It hit the bestseller list. So I'd like to help you with that and, and have you back on the show. And, and dude, you're a good, you're a good guy, man. Doing what I can. I like helping people. Thank you for uh, having be, be, you know, being a part of your show, man. Great what you're doing, educating people and providing value. Fantastic. This is awesome. Everybody go follow follow Carl on Instagram, it sounds like. Do we follow each other on IG? I think so. Credit.carl, yeah. I'm going to look you up, man. Make sure you follow me back. <laughs> but but uh hey i i uh, i really appreciate you coming on and thank you to everyone who's been on here and shared this out go to creditblueprint.net and and check them out and and hey if you need help with your credit carl's the dude let's do it all right man thank you i appreciate it you guys have a great day